Who are the real stars in this world? Hollywood stars, football stars, TikTok sensations, or something altogether different? You may be surprised to find out that if you are a true disciple, you fulfill this role, very much like the star that led the wise men to the Messiah child in Bethlehem. Let's open the scroll and discover this portion of our spiritual identity. It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. Who are the real stars in this world? Football stars, Hollywood stars, TikTok sensations, or something altogether different? We're going to find out on this episode of Discover Your Spiritual Identity that this calling rests upon you if you are a true disciple, a real committed son or daughter of God. To discover this insight, let's go all the way back to Genesis to the visitation that took place when God revealed himself to Abraham. In Genesis 13, verse 16, God told Abraham to come out of his tent and then look up toward the heavens. And God said, count the stars if you are able to number them, so shall your descendants be. So God likened his offspring to the stars that light up the sky at night. Think of how engulfed in darkness this world would be without the light of the moon and the stars, and how engulfed in darkness it would be if there were not heirs of the truth living in this world and promoting the truth in their day-to-day lives. Then in Genesis 22, God kind of expanded this revelation. After Abraham offered up Isaac on an altar, God said, "'By myself have I sworn,' says the Lord." Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, in blessing I will bless you. And in multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. So God now shows a contrast. Your seed, your offspring are going to be like the stars of heaven, but they're also going to be like the sand of the seashore, something earthly and something heavenly combined together in one. Also in another scripture, God told Abraham that his offspring would be like the dust of the earth, and certainly we were made from dust. And so I believe God was showing the contrast of our earthly and heavenly nature. We are of the dust, we are earthbound in these human forms, but one day we will shine like stars in the kingdom to come. And so we have a destiny that far outshines what we are right now. And that was true with respect 
to Abraham's natural seed who were redeemed under that covenant and also the new covenant sons and daughters of the Most High God because we are children of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ. And ultimately, we will be part of the same group of people. Israel was the main light in this world for many centuries. The revelation of the true God was within the nation of Israel. They knew Yahweh. They knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they tried to walk according to his law if they were submitted to him and devoted to him. And so Israel as a whole was a light in this world in a very significant way. And I think it's important to see the nature of light, to see how it's comprised of two things. Light uh, was a mystery to scientists for many years because they did certain experiments that revealed light was made up of waves and certain experiments that indicated light was made up of particles. And then, lo and behold, it was discovered, both are true, that light is made up of waves and particles. And I believe light is representative of two different things that guide us through the darkness of this world. The psalmist said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So the word of God is like the particles, the particle promises that light up our lives. But also God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And that's speaking more so of his spirit. And so the spirit is light as well. And when the word and the spirit are combined in our lives, we become the light of the world. We become children of light. Light becomes our nature. Now, it also needs to be emphasized that every star has a unique size and color. They're not all exactly the same. And I like to look at it this way. In fact, this is a quote from writing that I did many decades ago that I happen to find today. And I want to give it to you word by word. If all the stars were the same size, the same color, and fixed in the same geometric pattern in the cosmos, somehow the night sky would lose its beauty. They almost conform to certain universal rules and laws that determine their ongoing existence. Yet, the very fact that they are scattered across the cosmic dome in unique and unpredictable patterns makes the appearance of the universe all the more appealing and captivating and alluring. The night sky draws you in, captures your mind, and compels you to stand on a hillside and gaze upward for long periods of time, wondering at the greatness of the one who made it all. So stars, though similar, are all unique. And all sons and daughters of God who are truly shining the light of the Spirit and the Word in this world, they're all the same, yet they're all unique. We all have a certain special way that we are to light up this world, and you need to find your uniqueness. Now, let's follow down through the Abrahamic line and see how this star symbol continued to be used. One of Abraham's chief offspring, his great-grandson Joseph, the son of Jacob, had a dream 
where 11 stars and the sun and the moon bowed down to his star. And of course, that was representative of the fact that his 11 brothers and his mother and father would bow down to him, which they thought was insulting for him to even imply that. And not just an insult, his brothers were enraged at it and plotted to kill him. And thankfully they didn't, but just sold him into slavery. But the whole process was what created this star that would shine and enlighten all of their lives in a time of great drought and famine and darkness in the world. Joseph was shining like a star. And sometimes stars rise out of dungeon experiences, just like Joseph did. And maybe the same is true in your life as well. Let's go further down the Abrahamic line. In Numbers chapter 24, Balaam, who, of course, was a backslidden prophet, but God still used him to prophesy some very profound truths to the consternation of King Balak that wanted him to curse Israel, and instead he kept coming back with positive pronouncements of prophetic uh, truth over Israel. But listen to what Balaam said to King Balak. He took up an oracle, the Bible said, which is a divinely inspired utterance. And he said, the utterance of him who hears the words of God and has the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty, who falls down with eyes wide open. You need to do the same thing. You and I need to fall down and worship before God with eyes wide open concerning who he is and who we are and what God's plan is concerning our future. And then Balaam said, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. In other words, it's out in the future, quite a distance. He said, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall rise out of Jacob. A star. It's talking about the Messiah out of Jacob, which is another name for the nation of Israel. There's going to rise a star that will enlighten the entire world. No wonder in Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, this is the culmination of the whole book of Revelation. This is the final expression of what God wants communicated. And the Lord Jesus said, I have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Now, the morning star was a reference to Venus, actually, because Venus is that first star you see when the sun is setting. It's the first brilliant uh, spectacle of light on the horizon that you see pulsating. And when the sun's about to rise the next day, it's the last star you see. And so it's like a harbinger that a new day is about to dawn. And when Jesus refers to himself as the bright and the morning star, I believe that was his way of saying, even though all these ominous things that have been prophesied in the book of Revelation will come to pass, there will be the dawning of a new day. So the bright and morning star, the harbinger of a new day in the last chapter of the book of Revelation says, get ready for it. A new day is coming. 
it gets even more beautiful, this concept of the bright morning star. Now, incidentally, the planet Venus is the second planet from the sun. That's why it's so bright. And we're the third planet, and it's said that Venus is often called the Earth's twin because they're very similar uh, in their in, in the way they uh, are made uh, in the uh, mineral and rock uh, fabric of the planet. Uh, but but uh, I believe it goes further than that because uh, remember. Venus is closer to the sun, and Earth is farther away, just a little bit further away. And Jesus was much closer to the source of light. He was perfect light itself. We're further away, but we're very much like him. We're very much like him, and of course, we're chosen to be like him forever. In Revelation chapter 2, verses 26 through 29, we get a tremendous promise from the Lord. He said, he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, I will give power over the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels as I have also received from my father and I will give him the morning star. So the morning star, the harbinger of a greater day yet to come is not just up above you, is something that is within you. God has given you a hope in a hopeless world. He's given you light in a dark world. It's something that abides within you. So much so that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, Peter said, we have a prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you would do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. He's talking about the day of resurrection, the day of redemption. He says, pay attention to the light you have right now, the prophetic word that's been given to you. Walk according to that light until the day dawns, until there's the dawning of a new kingdom in this world, and the day star rises in your heart. In other words, it consumes you and you are fully conformed to the image of the firstborn son. How beautiful is that? Then in the first chapter of the book of Revelation, when John first saw the resurrected Messiah, he said that he had in his right hand seven stars, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. In his hand were seven stars. What's that represent? Well, the right hand is the expression we use for someone we trust. Your right-hand man is the person you trust with a position of authority. You trust with the secrets of your heart. You trust with responsibilities you would never entrust to anyone else. And these seven stars are in the right hand of the resurrected Messiah. And then in Revelation chapter 1, verse 20, the mystery is explained. It says, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. The angels of the seven churches. Is that 
literally talking about some angel assigned to each church? Possibly, but I don't think that's the correct interpretation. See, the word agalos in the Greek translated angels is also translated messengers. And so it could be a reference to the pastors or the bishops of those local churches, the leaders, the shepherds in charge of those local churches were like stars in the hands of God. Every true pastor, every true leader in the body of Christ is like a star in the hands of God, but not just our leaders. I think we're all called to this position. Now, Jude warned us of something very dark and unfortunate. He talked about false prophets, false teachers, false leaders, and he said, these are spots in your love feasts, in your feasts of charity, when they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves, their clouds without water, carried about by winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. So false teachers are referred to as wandering stars. Just uh, Usually they're tossed about with every new doctrine or idea that comes through like a, a megatrend through the body of Christ. And they, they take up with some new belief so quickly just to gather followers after them, whether or not that belief or idea or revelation is true. Uh, they're, they're not fixed in their position. True, authentic sons and daughters of God are like fixed stars. The wandering stars are actually planets, literally speaking. The planets move around in the heavens while the backdrop is a backdrop of unmoving stars or what appears to be unmoving in uh, comparison. And wandering stars are like people that are unstable, people that are just easily swayed by deception, by delusion, by the world, by false beliefs, false ideas. We certainly don't want to be wandering stars. We want to be fixed stars. Now let's go to Daniel. As we come to a close, I reserve the most powerful, most important revelation for the very last. And that's in Daniel chapter 12. And this is talking about the last days also. Daniel said, at that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and most likely that's a reference to Michael the archangel, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time, and at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book, what book? The book of life, of course. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting shame and contempt. Now here's the key verse, verse 3. But those who are wise shall shine like the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and forever. We found out who the true stars are because all these other stars, Hollywood celebrities, sports figures, TikTok sensations, people that get notoriety that are a flash in the pan for a few years, 
Those aren't the real stars. The real stars are those who labor over a lifetime to turn others to righteousness, who proclaim there's a right way to live. It's a road of repentance, a way of holiness, a way of dedicating yourself to God, dying to self, taking up your cross, following Jesus. It may not be the most popular, entertaining message but it's the one that will endure the longest. Let me read it again. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and forever. Yes, if you are an authentic child of the Almighty God, doing your best every day to enlighten the lives of others, this calling is fulfilled in you. I have two more scriptures I want to share. One is... Philippians chapter 2, verses 14, 15, and 16, it says, Do all things without complaining or disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. The complete Jewish Bible says, among whom you shine like stars in the sky. If you're holding forth the word of life to those who are dead in trespasses and sins, you light up the sky in their own personal lives. A dark night will not overwhelm them when they have you like a star guiding them to the Messiah child, just like the star guided the wise men on a long journey. 1,300 kilometers about from Babylon, which was most likely the location of the wise men, to Bethlehem. Think of that. And the only thing that kept them going the right direction was a star whose light led them to the very home where Jesus and Mary and Joseph were located. I think we need to be stars like that. They guide others to the location of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where can you find him? In the word of God. The revelation of the Savior, the Messiah of all mankind. Well, that's one of your names. God refers to you as stars in scripture. And I believe we need to go out and shine. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shreve, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given his people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.